Hello, beautiful. Welcome to Stress Less with me, Jess, season three, where I focus on business owners, entrepreneurs, and managers, and including their employees. If none of these apply to you, please stay tuned, because if you're looking for that realistic, real life podcast where it just helps you when you're stressed out and just looking for something to help you when you're stressed, this one is for you as well. Thank you and welcome to Stress Less with me, Jess. Today I have on Dr. Ida from Taina Training and Coaching Services. And I brought her on because one, she has, you know, we all have our beautiful story, but she works with work workplace culture. And I think this is so important. And not that it never was important, but I think we've been shining a lot more light on the culture in our work environment. And so I just think that's so huge that you're able to do that. And so before I take the full range, I would love for you to, you know, say hi and just introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Jessica, for having me um, and for all of your listeners. Um, so I am the founder and CEO of Taina Coaching and Training, and it's a consulting firm that focuses specifically on um, helping leaders uh, like professionals and managers to really elevate their inclusive leadership presence. That um, has a deep impact on work culture, uh, staff retention, uh, recruitment, all of that. Plus, it's something that's what we're really called to do. Um, since we've had so many different things that have played out in our society, like the George Floyd uh, murder and so forth, with there, this is just the way we need to continue to move forward in a very inclusive way. Um, so I just help them kind of create a blueprint for it so that they can be successful as well. And, I, and like you said, there's, there's been so many things in the news and we see all these tragic stories and, and you're going, well, that was never me. That's not my workplace, but it is. It's in so many workplaces and we've grown accustomed of that's just how people talk to each other. That's just how people act. And it's just, there's, there's funny, but then there's just mean and not nice and not a good, good, healthy culture that people are living in. So like you said, you focus on leadership. And I think that's great because it really does start from the top. And in my opinion, I don't know if you agree, but it, it starts from the top. What standards and boundaries and uh, literally leadership are you showing for your employees? Absolutely. The, the, the key question that I always ask is how are you living out your values so you can have values for your organization or your company um, but how those are being practiced how those are being manifested you're the first point of modeling what that looks like and people really are watching um, how you function how do you relate to others and do you do it in alignment with those values when we get off alignment people will let you know. You start seeing the erosion of kind of what's happening um, in the workplace and in your company. Oftentimes we, as leaders, just simply assume that maybe the staff member is just not working. Maybe it's not a right fit. Maybe it just, you know, maybe we just need to revamp our recruitment. Uh, we have to change our onboarding. There's always something else that we need to uh, focus on and that becomes the 
uh, the answer or the point thing away from us. What I'm trying to help us say is that it starts with us. It's always started with us, but it really starts with us now. It's, it's so true. And it's so easy to point the fingers and not in a bad way. Like you said, just the onboarding, the training, the employee. It's so easy to point the fingers, but you said it's literally here. It's all right here within you. And so what are you doing? And you said it. Am I, I say these values and I know you've been to every workplace. They paint on, oh, these are our values. They have that big, beautiful saying, you know, on this mural of the wall and the lunchroom and stuff like that. But then it goes, are you literally practicing what you preach? Are you saying, hey, the, you signed on board. These are your values. These are your culture. This is your community. This is what we're going to live by. But are you living by it? And how? Right? Because you're saying we have to live in this openness, trust community. But what does that look like? Right? And so what does that look like for you? I think that's another thing because, you know, openness and uh, honesty and trust and, you know, for one person is different for another, right? So like you said, you know, how are you doing it? Mm-hmm. And consistency um, is important. And certainly I think we're oftentimes, especially around diversity and inclusion work, there's always a fear of, of just taking the wrong step. And um, that's not unusual. I mean, it is real, right? There are some mistakes that unfortunately are very um, challenging <laughs> mistakes that are very publicly made. Um, what do you do about it really is what tells the story, right? Um, and that does require a certain level of self-awareness. Um, and that's where usually I think having a confidential um thought partner behind the scenes with you can be very helpful. Oftentimes what I have find is what I found is that um, leaders are oftentimes in positions in which they need to be that voice. They need to be that example of values. They need to be the persons to enact any um, critical strategic plans around diversity and inclusion. They may not know not know how. Um, and there is a certain paralysis that plays out or a passing off to, to another person. Um, so this really helps them to be able to feel a little bit more guidance and be able to, to lead accordingly. The other group of folks that I serve are people who are burnt out. Ooh. Yeah. Um, that is something that as someone who has experienced burnt out um, and has been through several cycles of that, um, that is an area that I just hold very close to my heart. It is, there's a lot of folks that are working right now that are high functioning burnout folks. And much like we have high functioning um, anxiety and depression and all of that that can go uh, missed um, in, the, in the process, certainly the same thing is what plays out with burnout. So I tend to do some work with them as well. Um, they're trying to lead well in a position in which they just really don't don't have any more to give. They're literally, their cup is like bone dry. Yeah. There's yeah. just nothing else in it. You said so many things that, you know, going back to your first thing about the guidance with the leadership before you got into burnout, I think also the important thing is you kind of have an outsider perspective. Sometimes, you know, you might have your business partner or someone you lean on at work, but I think having that outside perspective and kind of painting a different picture is really important of what you provide. I think that's really great. And I think if you said that burnout, 
people are living in this high functioning burnout because we think it's the normal. I'm supposed to be jam packed. I'm supposed to, you know, working overtime or not getting paid for it. I'm supposed to be the first person in the office. I'm supposed to be answering my phone and emails when I'm at home with my family. And it's like, no, <laughs> you know? And so, and like you said, we just ignore the signs and, you know, we can get into it if you want, but burnout takes a place so physically and emotionally and behaviorally on you that we just think it's so normal. We see people lash out. We see people overeating. We see the impulse of buying. And so we just go, oh, well, Susie did it. What's the big deal? Everybody else does it. What's the big deal? Mm -hmm. And it goes, mm -hmm. this, it is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think because we continue to glorify a culture of busyness as, as a place of where we are supposed to be um, getting some kind of sense of self-worth and some sense of success. And so it's a really, if you think about it, it's a really warped idea that we have created it, that somewhere along the lines has been uh, normalized um, and we're constantly chasing the next best thing um, without any room to pause and just do even just a self check-in to see how are you feeling by the time that um, you start really noticing some very chronic symptoms uh, you've you've been in the cycle of burnout uh, in a very advanced way, yeah. uh, so it's not you're not just at the right the start of the beginning. We oftentimes ignore everything else, and by the time that we really come to hold, comes out of a breakdown, comes out of panic attacks, comes out of uh, unable to get out of bed, unable to sleep, um, you know, cynicism, exhaustion, um, irritability. All of that starts. Um, really coming to play. And as with everything, uh, because this has been normalized so much, then we start, you know, putting band-aids on it. We start just dealing with the symptoms. Maybe we go to a doctor and they give you, you know, anxiety medicine, or, um, you know, somebody tells you, hey, why don't you sign up and do yoga? Why don't you take a day off? Um, all very kind and, and very much needed and, and helpful activities, but that is when you're at a point of being stressed out, it's where you probably see some of those things like meditation, warm baths and, so, and yoga and other modalities help a lot. But if you're in a place of burnout, that's really not going to be the answer. That's a much more chronic um, space to be um, that requires a little bit more. It, it's so true. It's so funny that you say because it's so, um, it's so mixed facts, right? In the sense of go meditate, go yoga. And I think they're great. I'm far from sitting here saying, don't do them. They're amazing, but it's not a, it's not a band-aid. It's not a one-time fix. If you need anxiety medicine, it's not a one-time fix, right? You know, it's, there's things you have to do. If I can go take those salt baths. I can go take those walks, but if I'm not making them as a habit and I'm only doing it when I have that freak out or when I can't get out of bed or, when I realize I haven't eaten in two days, you know what I mean? Like when I get to that point, if I just go, Oh, I'll just do meditation and I'll go back to work tomorrow. You never really fix the problem. And I try to picture in the sense of like, you know, the tire, or there's that big nail in it. You know, if I just tape over the tire, there's still a nail on my tire and it's still right. going to keep, you know, it's still going to have arrogant loss and things like that. And eventually the tire falls off. Right. But, um, you know, you just, that bandaid isn't going to fix it. It's creating those daily habits. And 
that's where, you know, like you were saying that those self check-ins that we ignore until it's that one symptom is so big, right? That big rash. Oh, it's all over my arm now. I should probably go to the doctor. But we just realized when that scratch started, oh, okay, something's happening. Let me check in with myself. But we we Mm -hmm. don't, we don't make that a habit. We make, like you said, let me try to be successful. Let me try to, you know, build my schedule up. Let me try to be the best to get the promotion and things like that. But I'm not, I'm not able to check in with myself. Absolutely. And I think habits is definitely a, a great step. And I also encourage people to really think about what is the source. So specifically, I work with a lot of people that are burnt out because of work. Um, Their workspaces and the culture is not conducive um, or the demands of the work, you know, supersede the resources available, right? Um, So oftentimes I have to ask the question, is it how are you able to heal in the environment that made you sick in the first place? Oh, I love that. We have to be honest. We have to be honest. And, 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 and it's critical because the vast majority of the stressors that people are experiencing are at work. Otherwise the great resignation wouldn't be happening. Right. It's just, it's, it's, uh, that's a very complex conversation and that may be for next time, but um, that's it. Like how, that is such a critical question that I want your listeners to really sit with. If you're in a conditions if you're in conditions where the workplace culture where you're at or as a leader, however you're serving, is less than optimal and you're starting to feel um, stressed all the time or even suspect burnout or literally have claimed that this is burnout, what's happening, how are you able to heal in the same place that made you sick? How do you do that? And that is such a critical question. It is. And I think, you know, a lot of people, when they first hear that, they're kind of going, well, I can't leave my job. I have to pay my bills. So then it's that now what, right? Mm -hmm. And I think there are, there's a good chunk of now what's that might not completely resolve, but it's a start. And I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, most people go, oh, I'll leave the job. I'll move, you know, you know, this, that, third. But I feel like those, and tell me if you agree, those are big changes. And for me, I feel like you got to start small and then you can get to those big changes. Absolutely. The, the immediate um, nine times out of 10, there has to be some kind of exit strategy. There's something that's really not working. But the other piece to keep in mind is that by the time you're in burnout mode, a change in zip code or view by changing a job doesn't necessarily resolve resolve your burnout, right? So true. So and so true. that's, I mean, we love that. Like we go for the quick, like, let, get me out of here, mm-hmm. right? I mean, let's be honest. Like it's like, get me out of here. I can't be here anymore. You can't think about it. There's a lot of value to that. And um, the other piece to think about is at the stage of burnout, an immediate change to a job does not resolve your symptoms, does not resolve, because that's exactly what happened to me. I realized, I just kept thinking to myself, I go from job to job before I decided to just go full-time just with my company, from job to job, and I'm still like, like landing in the space of burnout. It's like, it never went away. And that's what it dawned on me. Like, just because I, for safety, right, the psychological safety, like detached myself from the old job and all the feelings I had around it and went into a new place, some things got better, but my symptoms and how I was still seeing um, the work and how my body 
more than anything was reacting to it, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're on fight or flight mode, like on constantly, like an engine, right? That has been turned on. It just wasn't doing it. And I just kept going, why am I backing this again? Um, so those are some things that people really need to think about. And it also, lastly, helps them think about, um, oftentimes we turn on ourselves as a place of punishment. What didn't I do? Am I not wow. uh, performing? Am I not worthy? Um, am, am I broken? Like there's just yeah. all of these things that we put on ourselves. So the question I raised before about like, is the workplace, like, is, is that where you're going to heal? You know, is that yeah. where you, you creates a space where you're going to heal? It, the point is to also think about what are the conditions around you that are contributing to this? Because there are some ways in which we are, that's all manifested based on what's in front of us and how we're negotiating and making sense of it, right? right? right. That oftentimes helps people put a little bit of that personal detachment and be able to focus on, wait a minute, here's the things that are in front of me. And then so you start creating a, a, a have a more self-awareness about some areas in your life that you might need to shift, that it may not be necessarily just the, I need to get out of this job, although that may be the case, but there may be some additional things that you can do to start creating a plan to address that burnout. For example, maybe what you need is therapy to get yeah. started, right? Okay. Um, so that's, I, I think it just starts creating a, a little bit of that space so that you can see a little bit clearer. You're absolutely, yeah. You're absolutely right. I think um, you said so many things, you know, and that's why I wanted you to kind of go over that too, because a lot of times they go, I'll just, I'll just job bounce. I'll just go to the next job, I'll go to the next job because it's just the culture. And not that it's not, because it could be, there could be a, a toxic culture for sure. I'm not absolutely. saying that's not a thing. But if you catch yourself dealing with the same things over and over again, there might be that time, that self-check-in. What am I doing? What action steps can I start to do? You know, what habits am I saying? What kind of communication am I doing? What kind of environment am I creating? Because I'm just taking those habits to somebody, the next place. And I say this a lot, you know, with my clients when they, you know, they start talking about maybe it's their teammate or their significant other. And it's like, if you don't fix it here, it's those habits and stressors are just going to go with you to the next one. So you, you got to figure out, like you said, it, whether it's quote unquote small going to therapy but it's finding that one thing you can do now. Yeah, absolutely. And then and, um, at some point, we might want to spend some time talking about like when you start adding then diversity, equity, and inclusion into that burnout, right? If we're talking yeah. about the experience of Black professionals, of our trans professionals, or, you know, we, it starts getting even more complex because it's coming um, with some tension in this environments about how, um, you know, racism shows up, how sexism shows up, how transphobia shows up. And those are, you know, oftentimes I tell managers that are managing diverse teams, I always ask yourself the question, what are they seeing that you're not seeing? Yes. Because our identities provide us with different kinds of lenses um, and also gives us a different view about how workspaces are um, created in a way that are inclusive or not. Um, in that and that really starts adding to like racial fatigue and many other things that 
um, that's a, a another section for us to, sure to talk There's about. So it's very layered, and I just want to affirm for those who are listening that that's also adds to the complexity of how people are experiencing workplaces, and also as leaders, the pieces that we really need to keep in mind about what kind of culture do we want to create in our companies and in our organizations. And it's true, and you know, again, I think that brings it all full circle. Is that there are so many layers. But it's, it's, and I think if you agree with me, it goes back first, starting with you. How are you viewing? What values are you living by? What are you showing? You know, how are you painting that picture and that culture? And then I think we keep talking about perception too, how I perceive it and how you perceive it and be two different things. So how are we creating, you know, at least having that communication on how you perceive it and I perceive it, right? And then is the action steps. And I think sometimes, you know, talking about, there's a lot of things that happen before we take those action steps. And I think you really covered a lot of that. Um, obviously, you know, you know what you're talking about. You do a lot. You really are there for the people. I would love for you to really kind of nutshell, what is your mission with your, your business? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so the what we're really hoping to do is that we're hoping to really partner in a reciprocal relationship with leaders who want to lead inclusively, who want to grow, who want to develop in a way that they can be leaders and can mobilize uh, workplaces to become uh, the healthiest workplaces that we can be, or that at least that's uh, the intention behind it, that we can put that to action. I want for this workplaces to be places where um, folks of color or queer and trans community, uh, folks with disabilities, all of that can feel that all our identities are being valued and that they are critical to the success of the company. That does mean that leaders need to really think about things differently, having um, growing from empathy to compassion, being able to, um, to have self-awareness. All of that is so important. Just want to make sure that we have that tender loving care for us to create workspaces that are going to be places of belonging that treats employees as human beings. And I, the worst part about podcasts is that Dr. Ida, they cannot see the smile on your face when you're talking about your mission. <laughs> and, and I think that's so important. That just shows that you are doing what you love and that you're, you know, and when you're doing what you love, obviously it's not work, but you're making a difference. And I think, again, that's the worst part about podcasts is they cannot see the genuine smile you had during that whole mission statement. <laughs> and so I just, you know, I just want to um, highlight that, that that's so important. So now someone listened to us, they said, oh my God, I have to work with Dr. Ida. What do we got to do? Well, I mean, we'll add information about taking a look at our um, website and feel free to email me and let me know um, how we may be of, of service. I tend to get back to people right away um, within 24 hours. Um, and if you are kind of on the fence and are like, there's there's a lot we talked about today yeah. that becomes important and you just need to kind of narrow it down. Let's do that. Let's do a free consultation and think through about where it might make most sense for you to start. But it's as easy as sending me a, an email, follow us on Facebook and um, Instagram. And um, we'll be happy to connect with you. Awesome. And like she said, I'm going to have that all copied in the podcast notes. It's on the website. If you found this on a social media post, it's all in there as well. So contact is definitely out there for you. 
Um, Dr. Ida, I cannot thank you enough for coming on here and just shining some light that is so important. It's not new information. It's not new stressors. It's nothing new, mm-hmm. but just really trying to shine some light on the importance and how we can get there. So I just really appreciate you coming on here today. Thank you. Hello, and thank you for listening to Stress Less with me, Jess. Please subscribe so you can get upcoming episodes every other Tuesday. Or leave a review. I would love to hear your thoughts and feelings about today's episode or any other episode you have listened to. If you need more resources or wondering how I can help you with my individual coaching or my workshops, please visit me at journeytoyourself.net. Have a fabulous day. Oh, 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 oh